Welcome to the League of NBA Pod. It's your Wednesday episode, and you know what that means. Under the radar, and I'm joined by Zach. Go ahead and say what's up, bro. Hey, man. What's cracking? It's the boy. It's the man. It's your dog, the untruth. I'm not going to be laboring my points today. I got some fire players for y'all, man. I'm ready to get into it, man. I'm excited. For sure, for sure. Uh, before we get into that, I don't really have too much news for you guys, but I did just get an update that Mike Conley's return was cut short by a hamstring. So, you know, if you guys don't know, he's been out for a second. So that's not good for the Jazz. Um, but other than that, yeah, I still want to get into the whole G League Union thing, but I still have not gotten time to get to like the you know the nuts and bolts. And we're still waiting for more information. So I definitely do that. I know I teased that yesterday. Still gonna get to that. But without further ado, you can go ahead and get in some players, man. We're not gonna be around the bush for too long. Yeah, bro, what you been seeing, man? Oh, we gonna jump. Oh, oh, wow. So you're not gonna do no teams. Why, guys? He's uh, I'm sorry, he's ill prepared. One well, no, little, little, little. It's okay. It's but okay. I do feel like I should mention. Yes, my Bucks lost. I know he was on on the pod talking crazy yesterday, and then it happened. So y'all probably listened. It was like, yeah, they ain't gonna mention the Bucks lost to the Mavericks. I mean, I expect nothing less from the Bucks. So I wasn't shocked to see it. Uh, well, speaking of teams, then I might as well just go ahead and say it, bro. The Mavericks, a impressive win. They've beaten both the Lakers and Bucks, two best teams in the league, one without Luka Doncic. And yeah, bro, like best offense in the league. I think that might be real. So, I mean, what? They're like top three in the playoff picture in the West? All I'm going to say is, you know, it's, it's impressive. Uh, but what? Eight of the top 10 t- teams in the league are. Eastern Conference teams right here looking at the at the win percentages. Yeah, bro, the East is is solid, bro. I know we say it a lot on this pod, but it's because the national narrative of just the West is so much better. And shout out to my guy Ben Golliver. But the East, bro, is not Triple A, bro. Stop yeah. saying that. Like it might be the the worst conference, but it's the same. I mean, it's only two. It's only two of them, but yeah. I'm saying like it's the worst. People like it's the worst. Kind of like yeah, okay. The West is a little better. Yeah, so about the fall, but the cool. gap isn't that crazy. Though. That's the thing. No, especially with a lot of these Western Conference teams who are supposed to be competitive, kind of looking like trash. But anyway, uh, I'm going to get to my guys though. Uh, so first off, somebody who I was uh, because we missed last week. He probably would have got did last week, but like, I've been kind of wanting to do him, but I was just kind of waiting off on it. Uh, first is. Bam out of bio. Y'all know the boys a beast. Uh most probably I mean, one of the most fluid bigs on the perimeter. As an athlete and on the perimeter, you'll see a good passer. Really having a breakout season, averaging fifteen points, uh a block, a steal, almost five assists, ten boards. I mean, really all around game. The only thing he's missing probably is a three point jumper, doesn't shoot threes, but that's that's irrelevant. But yeah, man, he's having a breakout season, the heat having to really Surprising good year, and it's. I mean, if people talk about, I talked about Kendrick Nunn already. Mm-hmm. Uh, national media talks about obviously you got Jimmy Butler, great player. Uh, they talk about Tyler Hero a little bit, you know, they talk about the guys, but really the biggest catalyst behind it, one of the bigger catalysts is Bam out of bio. So, definitely, I mean, yeah, the Heat are sixth in win percentage right now. Uh, let's see, they. What, 10th in points per game? Uh, hold on, let me go ahead and pull up the advanced stats. Because we can really look at, like, the Heat as a whole. I know this is about Bam, but just to highlight, you know, his impact on the team. So, defensive rating. Him being the big, I just want to see, like, this is live on the pod. This has not been prepared. But, okay, 11th in defensive rating. And 
10th in office rating. So I think, yeah, like, bro, the team has a lot of guys overperform or, you know, doing more than what you would expect. Because guys like James Johnson and Deion Waiters have not been there. So other guys have been on the step up. And no Justice Winslow, too. So, right. yeah. Yeah, guys are stepping up, bro. Uh, Very solid. They win a lot of games. And, yeah, back to Bam. I think one thing that's very interesting about him and his shooting is the fact that he's shooting 50-plus percent in the mid-range. I mean... Yes, he's not shooting threes, but that just shows that he projects as a guy that who could eventually, you know, extend his range at 51%, almost 52% from 10 to 16 feet. Now, that's only, what, like 13% of his offense, but that's still, I mean, that means he's actually shooting some shots from there. That's, I think that's super, it's a super good sign. He's for further development. And he's only like 22, so yeah, I mean, bro might be a monster. Yeah, I mean... He should be. Well, he, he turns 23 this season, so it'll be 23. He's 23 this season. But yeah, man, I think on a steady progression of where he's getting and how much better he's getting, like definitely uh, Bam out of is going to be one of the more uh, transcendent centers, centers in this league, I think, because uh, I think me, you talked about it. I think you might have mentioned it on Sunday, actually, how he was guarding Russell Westbrook. Yeah. And, like, it wasn't like it was a switch. Like, it was like, it was, that was Eric's game plan. Like, yeah, you're on Russell, so. He's a big who legitimately, most they can guard all five, but on most teams can guard two through five. It's probably, I mean, it's the point guards in the league, obviously not able to stick with, but like, he's, I mean, defensively, he's one of the like, he, he can make your defense so versatile just by how many positions he can actually guard competently. No doubt. And it's one of those things too, like, the reason he can't guard every point guard is not because he can't move laterally. Like, he is a lateral beast, like, yeah. Too, like the quickness and all that. Only he can guard like a guy, you know, some guys because like he's not going to be able to get through screens. He's just so big. So a guy, you know, like Kimball Walker, who's like a really uh, screen abuser, like 2K20 in my part. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But like in terms of just like a one-on-one game, if it's like a one-on-one game, any point guard in the league, I think Bam is from the center position might be the best bet in the entire league. He might be the most switchable center in the NBA. Yeah. Well, I would say, I mean, so, some of these pointers he can't guard because nobody can, like Kyrie, like nobody can guard Kyrie. So, like, so it's like, you're, what are you really saying here? But in terms of just comparing other centers, I mean, I don't, the closest thing to him would be what? I mean, is Jaron, I mean, Jaron Jackson plays a lot of power forward. Well, he's, I mean, he's the, the next closest thing up the top of my mind of somebody. Well, I believe Jerry Jackson. A big decker, because I mean, Jerry Jackson can slide. Okay, well, I think Jerry Jackson, like Giannis, right? He plays a lot of, like, like you said, four, where I mean, they can play the five, but I'm talking about being out of body, he plays a lot of, like, pure center minutes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he starts next to um, Myers Leonard, but. Yeah, that's kind of like the Keith Bogans. Yeah, I mean, I think, well, because uh, basically, because, like, Myers Leonard's, like, hands on, like, he's out there jacking threes. No, nah, because, you know, Keith Bogan's back in the day on the Bulls, he should just start the games or start the halves. Like, we never finished the half. Like, he literally, right. he's just starting just because he's Keith Bogan's and they just wanted him to start the games to set a tempo. I understand the same thing with Myers Leonard. He doesn't really play starter minutes per se, even though he starts. Yeah, right. Yeah, like he might play like twenty four minutes a game, twenty five minutes a game. Yeah. No, yeah, no, I definitely agree. And, and and in previous years, he was playing like exclusively at the center, basically. But yeah, man, Bam's gonna be somebody to watch out for having a great season. So shout out to Bam out of bio, man. We see you here on the uh, league NBA pod under the radar. We see you, Bam. Don't worry. I know you want Player of the Week, so you probably like relate. And we lame, but I've been talking about you. <laughs> Next up, uh, I'm gonna go out to I'm I'm gonna go out to 
to Germany by way of Oklahoma City, <laughs> or I'm gonna go to Oklahoma City by way of Germany. Talk about my boy Dennis Schroeder uh, having a career year, really uh, one of his better seasons, shooting the highest field goal percentage at 46 percent in his career, which some people think 46 percent, but I mean he's a volume scorer, undersized guard. But yeah, I mean, he's averaging 17 points, three and a half assists, uh, almost a steal a game, almost four boards. So I mean he's having a good season. Uh, he's shooting. Well, he's shooting above 50% from the mid-range right now. Uh, he's shooting 60% at the rim right now. Uh, yeah, so it's 60, almost 62% at the rim. Uh, 48, yeah, about 48% from the mid-range. So about, about 50% from the mid-range. If he was just shooting the league average from three, his field goal percentage probably would be crazy right now overall. But yeah. saying, even with that, though, his effective field goal percentage for the first time in his career has crept over the 50% mark. He's actually at 52%. That's super solid. I think league average is around there. So for someone to give you 17 points as an undersized guard and like, you know, carrying the second unit by himself at times, that's super solid. Yeah, I feel like, I mean, to me, Schroeder's going to be somebody that you got to look out for on this during, during this trade season. He's a guy that can come in and help a lot of teams. Sixers, Sixers have nothing to give up for him. That's the problem. Unless the uh, Thunder was just wanted to do a salary dump type situation, but uh, but yeah, he's definitely a guy who's gonna be on the market who you can look to, who, who could probably come in and help a lot of teams. Uh, what teams on the top of your head do you think he could come in and help? Um, I mean, yeah, you said Sixers. I think another team would probably I me mean, L.A. I can't Lakers? get them, but yeah, Lakers for sure he would help. But he has another team. It's like I can't. I mean, you can't do it. Uh, trying to think. I mean, Utah. Yeah. Like, because Mayan Moutier, I love the, I like the way Mayan Moutier plays, like, visually. They, like, like, the style of game he has, but it hasn't worked. And then Exum, I don't know what's up with him, bro. So, yeah, he would definitely be a punch. And, I mean, with Mike Conley's struggles, you know, he's been hurt. And then he's just been struggling when he has on the court. Shooter's somebody that can step in right now and play. A team he would help that I actually saw him the rumor to get traded to was Minnesota. Because, I, uh, to me, he would fill the role of what they're trying to get from Shabazz Napier, but he's not really giving them. And I, I like Shabazz Napier. I think he's a solid player, but like they just they don't necessarily need against the offenses. But they, I think they kind of just he. I think I think he would help the offense a lot. Just another guy. I mean, the offense really is Cat and Wiggins. Yeah. No one else you can really rely on on a night to night basis to give you something. You're like trying to see like maybe Covington will play well, maybe T will play well. Maybe you're, cold, you're just hoping. Maybe Culver will play well. Or you bring a Schroeder, that could be somebody, a guard, that's going to be on the team that, that that you know you can rely on for that 18 tonight. Yeah. But, yeah. Oh, without a doubt, without a doubt. I think, yeah, Schroeder can be a big a big boost to somebody. Um, side note, definitely want to uh, give you a little fun fact. You know, Schroeder is an avid skateboarder, or he was growing up. They said dude was actually kind of nice. Would not have pictured that being the case. He looks like he's skateboarding. <laughs> you know, things like he got the patch in his hair. He's he's kind of trendy, and he's from Germany, so you know he's not too, you know, he's not too gutter. I mean, he'll probably get on that, but he's from Germany though. So it's what like, does that mean? Like, is he a real brother or are you a cornball? No, hi, Rob Parker. With that note, we can go on to our third player, which is going to be Derrick Rose, uh, coming off a couple big games. I mean, Derek is, you know, he's continuing his form from last season. Like, where he really, you know, was starting to get into that retro bag. Like, vintage Derrick Rose, if you will. So, this year he's averaging, what, 16 and a half points, six assists, 
and almost a steal on 48% from the field, 51% true shooting. And that's with what around 34% from three on 2.8 attempts. So, I mean, you definitely want to see more from the three, but for the guy off the bench, giving you almost 17 points per game and hitting big shots, shots in the fourth quarter. I mean, he hit that one shot to help win the game. I forget who it was against, but he did that. And then also late in the game against Houston, he had 20 points, uh, 10 of those coming in the fourth quarter. Also the goal was 12 assists. And I watched that game. He had a lot of mid-range pull-ups. Like he's really leaning to that elbow jumper, which, I mean, yes, in today's game, you want your, you know, point guards getting a lot of, you know, three-point looks off the pick and roll and off the dribble. But with the whole emphasis on that, there has been a gap or a little area to exploit in defenses where they've given up the mid-range jump shots because that's where they want you to shoot now. So if you have someone that can shoot at a high percentage from those areas, it's definitely something that can give you, you know, a nice change of pace, a nice switch up for your offense. But yeah, so he's been definitely carrying these guys, man. No Reggie Jackson, no Blake Griffin on a lot of nights, no Andre Drummond on some nights. And he's keeping these guys afloat. Have you seen any of his any of his game, man? Man, I've been paying his I've been paying attention to Derrick Rose since he was in Minnesota last year. The boy that hey, the boy is back, man. Uh no, he's really just I mean, he's really just a gamer, man. Uh averaging twenty four, four points per thirty six. Like, I mean, he's he's the perfect I think he's someone I mean, the Bulls are trying I mean, not the Bulls, I apologize. The Pistons are trying to win. So mm-hmm. it's tough to see him getting traded. But he's the guy that I think could really put a playoff team over the top. Like a legitimate like one of these legitimate better teams could throw them over the top because he's like he, I mean, for a loss of words, he's a gamer. Yeah. Honestly, I mean, it's, no, it's no other way to put it, but, like, dude just goes out there and knows how to, like, when it, when the game's on the line, when it matters, he's a gamer. Well, because he's impossible to stay in front of. Because, like, even though he doesn't quite have that nuclear burst that he had at one point, but his handle's always been tight. Shout-outs to Latham North High School, Derrick Rose drills. Right. He's at every day in practice, you know, in and out of cones. Like, he's a master of, like, the close quarter dribbling. Why your handle still weak, man? What? Obviously, you never seen me hold, bro. Uh, <laughs> and just, bro, he's always been a great finisher at the rim. His whole career, he's been, like, 60% or better finishing at the rim. And that's with a high-volume amount of attempts, difficult attempts, a lot of floaters. And he still manages to, you know, yeah. find, find a way to put the ball in the hole, bro. He knows he, he knows what he's doing around the basket. He finishes at the rim like a, a young Jason Tatum. So no skip. <laughs> and went much better. He's actually reminds me a lot of Marco Fultz. I think I mentioned that on one of the earlier pods. But it's kind of like it's kind of like a more confident and like seasoned version of the exact same type of game, which is kind of like free throw line down, like a retro throwback kind of game. Uh, yeah. Interesting to watch. I mean, Markel's making it work. Uh, I mean, and, and Derrick, one thing about Derrick Rose is the shot, you still have to respect the three because if you give him a wide open three, he'll, he'll knock it down. Last year, he was really hitting threes. Yeah. He, slow, he shot 37% for three last year. So uh, he was he was really knocking it down last year. This year, he's kind of toned it down. I mean, he's, he's shooting the same amount of volume. He's not hitting as much, but still shooting at, at 33%. If you leave him open, he's going to knock down the shot. So it's like you can't back off of him. So. If you have to guard Derrick Rose close, he's going to go by you. It was interesting, too, because he's shooting the exact same effective field goal percentage. So, he, he's like, he's traded in on some of those threes, like we said, for those mid-range and, like, layup attempts. But it's just, he's, he's hitting it. like So, it's not like he's, like, losing something in his game. But it's nice to see. Definitely nice to see. Uh, any other players, man? 
I mean, not really. Uh, I mean, it's, it's it's a lot of guys playing well. Don't get me wrong. It was some other guys who missed the cut. I mean, I almost had to bring Devontae Graham back because the boy just went on another run, another <laughs> stretch. Uh, so you know, he's been good. It's been a lot of guys playing well in the league. Uh, Shaka wanted to do Anthony Simons. Uh, he has some <laughs> weird obsession with Anthony Simons. Uh, I don't no, know. I don't. He uh, taught, like he literally brings up Anthony Simons every day for some reason. Anthony Simons, if you hear this, uh, uh, you can sense uh, just hit the DMs. You can send us some sign gear. Uh, I think you got a super fan over here. I don't know. It's weird. I mean, I'll take the sign gear, but I've never really been an Anthony Simons fan like that. Respect his game. I really don't have too many opinions on him, though. Uh, that was random. But No, but yeah, man, uh, that's it for my players. But just the league in general, I mean, it's – this season, well, I have a question for you about this season. So, with this season having more parity, right? That was like the big thing coming in, coming into the season, and there's no big powerhouse team. Has it been all this? Has it been all this cracked up? All it was cracked up to be like no parity, or has it been kind of anticlimactic to this point? Kind of a little bit, a little disappointing. Um, I think the interesting thing with the parity is that yes, there's a lot more parity, but it's not as organic. And I mean, it's organic. It's not. It's not how I think they envision parity being, right? So if you were to look at it, there's really still only like three teams that or four teams that really have a shot at the title, right? So it's not even true parity. But the Clippers have been low managing and it's have been dealing with injuries. So they haven't really been just blowing people out. So they don't feel like this juggernaut that they really are. So people haven't really been like describing them as that. But they are a juggernaut. Don't get it twisted. And then the, the Sixers Clippers are a juggernaut to you? Clippers? Yes. And then the Sixers have struggled a bit, but them too, like, bro, they're like, nobody else in the East is beating them besides the Bucks, And then the Lakers and Bucks have been just running through the league. So, it's really just four teams that have a real shot at a title. It's not been any different than any other year in the NBA. Like, that's just how the NBA works. But it's just um, it's just an illusion of parity just because teams have been low managing or just dealing with injuries. So, I don't know, man. It's kind uh, of a... I mean, in previous years, it's been one team. But no, I, I definitely agree because, uh, what, preseason they were talking about Six teams, six or so teams that there was like, yeah, all these teams have somewhat. I mean, not all of them have a big shot, but some have somewhat of a shot. And I think in some ways it's still the same because even the top teams have their obvious flaws. But I think it's more of a, I think it's more of that that had people saying these other teams could possibly, you know, beat like like the Rockets, like the Lakers have their obvious flaws. And you feel like, well, if the Rockets do this, they're going to win. But if you really look at it, kind of like what you, what you alluded to, like you look at some of these rosters of teams that are supposed to still be competitive, like the Rockets. Like you just look at that team, you're just like I just don't feel like they can win a championship. The Nuggets, teams winning games. You look at them, just like I don't feel like they can win a title. Uh, the Heat have been. I mean, I feel like the Heat, Celtics, they, nobody's been taking Raptors. Nobody's taking them serious either. But they're teams that can win. Those teams might be the reason why I feel like a team like the Rockets can't win a title. Because I'm like, are they even better than than the Heat? <laughs> Well, too, also, like, maybe it's always been a league where if you don't have a top five player, winning championships is almost impossible, right? I mean, yes, it's happened. Don't get me wrong. But it's just so hard to do. And a lot of these teams, bro, like, you, you notice when you watch a team that doesn't have, like, one of these, like, you know, top five guys. Because when it, the going gets tough or you need a bucket, it's like they're really struggling to get one. Or they don't have anybody that can match up defensively with the other top guys. Or, like, you know, it's just something missing all the time when you're watching and, like, I mean, yes, the Rockets have one of those guys and James Harden, but we've seen that system fail multiple times in the playoffs. So nobody takes that serious until we see that happen and work. Yeah, until you see it work, you can't, I mean. So, yeah, so it comes down to it's only, what, Giannis, 
Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, AD and LeBron, and then Joel Embiid, which is like not a top five guy, but he can flirt with that at times and enough. And they have a, just a like overpowered defense. That's what I mean. So you notice when one of those four teams are playing because they really feel like they should win every game they play. Like you really feel like like they're better than this other team. Yeah, well, with, with the six of the team in theory, it's supposed to have the most overpowered starting five, where it's like all five starting – all five of the starting five are quote-unquote supposed to be all-star or freeze all-star level players, which, I mean, they all five are. I think Josh Richardson has shown he's a fringe all-star guy. Tobias Harris is definitely an all-star level player. And Al Horford, for clout reasonings, probably at this point, is an all-star. I mean, no, I mean, Al Horford does things you can't really quantify, which is why he's a weird all-star selection. But like, he's definitely that level guy in you know, NBA Simmons. So I think the Sixers are the one overpowered lineup, but the least cohesive. Yeah, no offense or a train wreck. Yeah, I mean, the, the starting five is just not cohesive. Defensively, it's cohesive, but offensively, it's just like how is this going to work? It's clunky. People knew people were predicting it was going to look clunky, and it has looked clunky. So, but yeah, we'll definitely see. We'll definitely see. But that's going to wrap it up for today's pod. Tomorrow, we we'll back again with our gamers episode. Run through all. Well, I mean, usually it's like 10 games on Wednesdays. I don't know how much there are tomorrow. How many there are tomorrow. But usually it'll be a lot. So it'll be a long episode. So, you know, this is a nice little change of pace, short episode. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it. And, yeah, anything left finally you want to say? Man, uh, power to the people. Uh, R-O-C-K in the USA. And uh, I'm the leader of the new world, of the free world. Yeah, you cut that out. Anyway. Uh, yeah, trash. Anyways, uh, yeah, shock outro. Hey, everybody from the 313, put your hands in the air and follow me. Once again, this has been The Lead at NBA Pod. If you like what you heard, please hit that follow or subscribe button. Because we are a new podcast, we'd appreciate it if you help us get the word out. We want to offer all fans a different flair and perspective as they follow this year's NBA season. As always, follow us at the Lead NBA Pod on Twitter to stay up to date with the latest episodes and to engage in the conversation and debates going around the internet. I want to thank you for listening, and we'll see you tomorrow with more coverage of the NBA.